Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I am your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten. I'm, I'm, it is Monday, March 1st, 2021, as we are creeping just ever so closely to the beginning of March Madness. This weekend was a big-time separator inside the Big Ten as to seeding in the tournament, who is going to make it, who is going to get a one seed, so much going on. But before we get into all of that, let's start off with the football side of things with the weekend uh, recap of what went on. And first off, we are going out to Penn State and their hiring of an NFL coordinator, a former NFL coordinator, obviously, in Dowell Loggins. Uh, Loggins had had stints in with the Chicago Bears, uh, also Miami Dolphins, and most recently the New York Jets. However, none of those stops really have been impressive in my estimation. I kind of latched on with Adam Gase, and uh, we all know, if you pay attention to the NFL uh, and, and you like funny memes, Gase was a meme for a long time, uh, you know, and uh, this one actually was, uh, in my estimation, a long time coming that Gase was going to get let go uh, by the Jets, and ultimately he did this offseason, and uh, and rightfully so, in my mind, they cleaned house. Uh, Loggins is average at best. Uh, I, I wonder where James Franklin is ultimately going to put him on his staff, is he going to be a position coach? I don't feel like he's the guy to run an offense. I, I really don't. Would he do well as a position coach and less responsibility? Yes, in my estimation. I think that you know when you put him in a role, and Loggins is we're talking about, when you put Loggins in a role that says, hey, look, this is all you have to do. You just have to do one thing. That's it. Don't worry about anything else. I think that better suits his skill set. What remains to be seen, though, is how well he does on the recruiting side of things. Not much collegiate experience there, uh, and again, not much really positive experience in the NFL. So I question a little bit this higher. I think James Franklin's uh, reaching for the possibility that, uh, you know, he needs some quarterback help, uh, you know, Trace McSorley was, uh, for everything that he did well uh, prior to leaving and moving off to the NFL a couple years ago, he was, in my estimation, average at best. Um, You know, they've had uh, plenty of quarterbacks kind of come through Penn State and I think stall out in their development. You know, I mean, Will Levis ended up transferring. Clifford is there, but, uh, you know, I don't think that he's really a quarterback that uh, Franklin feels comfortable with uh, going forward. We'll see. I I think that this is going to be an interesting situation here. And uh, looks like Dow Loggins is now part of the Penn State staff. Moving on to some commitment news from this weekend, the rival Ohio State and Michigan rivalry. This is going to continue. And not only is it going to continue on the field, it continues off the field as well because this weekend, Ohio State got a wide receiver commit. And then guess what Michigan got? They went out and got a cornerback commit. So the 
rivalry there between the Buckeyes and the Wolverines is strong. And it's going to stay strong. Because not only did those two schools, and another school got a commitment, but we'll get to that one in a second. Not only did those two schools get commitments that are going to face off against each other, they are high-level commitments as well. We'll start off with the Buckeyes and them going out to Arizona and grabbing wide receiver Keon Grays. Grays, 6'1", 170 pounds, very solid offer list, but mostly on the West Coast. Uh, nothing like what we'll get into with Michigan had, though. Uh, Auburn, Nebraska, Penn State, USC, uh, Michigan State. Uh, Graves is still a solid player, you know, and right now, if there's one thing that you can trust with Ohio State and their recruiting, it's their evaluations of wide receivers for the last three years in a row, this year included with Caleb Burton. They are going to bring in the number one wide receiver, according to the 247 Sports Composite, in the country. Yes, that's right. Brian Hartline is a boss on the recruiting trail. A former NFL player really has transitioned very, very well into a coaching role. And if you had to, you know, really press me on this one, I think within the next three to four years, Heartline's going to have job offers full-time, head coaching job offers from Mac schools. I really do. And if there's a possibility that he can get an opportunity to move up from wide receivers coach and potential, and also have double duties and also maybe be get that co-defensive, I'm sorry, offensive coordinator title with Ryan Day, that I think that he's going to get bigger offers than just Mac offers. I think he's going to blow up very soon. But a solid commitment for Ohio State. However, Michigan's commitment was massive. And it's massive on multiple levels. Massive number one, that Will Johnson, the cornerback that they received a commitment from, is an in-state player. In the last recruiting cycle, we saw multiple Michigan Players leave the state. Now they grab five-star Donovan Edwards. Huge. They're getting another five-star here in Will Johnson. 6'3", 190 pounds. And listen to this offer list. Alabama, Florida, LSU, Ohio State, Penn State, Notre Dame, USC. Really the only major offer that he was missing was Clemson. And Clemson, they recruit differently. They don't offer as many players. They're not just willy-nilly tossing the offers around. If you get a Clemson offer, it's a committable offer. It's one that you can move on. It's not one where you have to call the staff and say, hey, is, can I can I, can I I commit? Is this okay? Because some schools give you those offers, but they aren't committable offers. Well, I think Johnson's offer list was all committable. And because of that, they're going to have a rivalry here Grays and Johnson will be. Not just the fact that they committed uh, during the same weekend, but the fact that they're going to be seeing a lot of each other over the next three to five years. And I think that is going to be a very interesting situation for that rivalry game between Ohio State and Michigan. Minnesota grabbed a South Dakota quarterback this weekend as well in Jacob Knuth. Uh, Knuth is 6'4", 200 pounds, uh, just had a couple of Power 5 offers, but they included 
Iowa and Kansas State. Uh, Minnesota does well in that area. There's a, a decent amount of football talent that comes out of the Dakotas, uh, and Newth is one of them. And for them to regionally, that you know, that's an advantage that they have. They have to work that. They have to play to that. And that's exactly what P.J. Fleck did. Uh, he is going to have a little bit of hole uh, at quarterback coming up. You know, Tanner Morgan, uh, you know, he could stay for one more year. But if he has an, uh, a season like his second year did, and I, we can all th- talk about how, how bad Minnesota was this past year. But they lost a lot. Let's be real here. You know, he lost two of his his two best wide receivers pretty much for the whole year. And I think Tanner Morgan's good. He could show that he could do well. But I think he needs to show it again for the NFL people to say, hey, that's a guy that can leave early. So uh, we'll see that. But uh, either way, uh, Minnesota's getting a very solid prospect in Jacob Newth. Speaking of quarterbacks, there was some quarterback movement on the transfer side of things. And that is going out to Michigan. As we all know, the Wolverines, uh, they've seen multiple players enter the transfer portal. And the biggest one, obviously, was Joe Milton. Uh, Milton, uh, you know, he uh, he's a guy that obviously started a few games for them. Uh, and it kind of went back and forth. Uh, and, you know, Cade McNamara had his shot. Um Dylan McCaffrey never had his shot, obviously. That's why he ended up transferring as well, going uh, to play for his father at Northern Colorado. Uh, but obviously, Milton was the big one. That was the big, big mover here. And then you looked at what that depth chart looked like, and you're looking at McNamara, who, yeah, played solid last year, but he's he might not be the guy. You've got incoming five-star freshman, or I guess he's not incoming. He's on campus right now, J.J. McCarthy. And the report that I read this weekend regarding McCarthy uh, was very positive. Uh, Jim Harbaugh said that he's been doing a really good job with his transition from high school over to high-level Division I football. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's ready to start at this level yet. It's it, it's very rare. It's very rare that you see true freshman quarterbacks come in and start right away. Christian, I'm sorry, Christian McCaffrey's. Trevor Lawrence's, because I got the McCaffrey's on my mind. Trevor Lawrence's don't happen very often. They don't. And even Lawrence was a guy that didn't come in and start right away. He had to battle. He had to split time. And then... He became the starter towards the end of the year. You don't see a lot of that. Sometimes you do out of necessity. But unfortunately, you get a lot of guys that get gun shy. And you do not want that with J.J. McCarthy. No way. So with all that information, Michigan went out and said, you know what? Maybe it's in our best interest to hit that transfer portal and see what we can get as a quarterback. They went out. They grabbed Texas Tech quarterback Alan Bowman. Bowman has thrown for 5,000 yards in his career with 33 touchdowns and 17 picks in 19 games. I think this is a very solid addition 
to Michigan's quarterback room. It adds depth. It adds the ever-valuable experience. And I think that's the key here. Because when you look at what the kind of experience that McCarthy and McNamara are bringing back, there's not a lot. McCarthy obviously doesn't have any. McNamara started one game last year and struggled. Spot duty as well in a couple of games prior to that. But that's it. That's it. Not a lot of experience for the Michigan quarterback room. However, with the addition of Bowman, they definitely have a lot more going for them right now. Michigan State added a pair of defensive backs from the portal this weekend. One of them, former Arizona corner Kyrie Crump. The other one, Louisville Marquise Lowry. I like these additions for Michigan State. I think that Mel Tucker realizes that you know his secondary definitely hurt this past season. Uh, they need more depth, more talent on that side of things, and I definitely think that Crump and Lowry are going to do it for him. I really do. I really do. Uh, one quick other note uh, that doesn't necessarily pertain to the Big Ten, but I thought that might be pertinent. Uh, the majority of us who uh, play video games and are fans of NCAA football, we're very happy to know that it came back. Uh, Notre Dame was the first school to opt out. Northwestern, as I told you a couple of podcasts ago, was the second school. And now a third school has dropped out, and that's Tulane. And I don't think this one is as big of a domino, obviously, as uh, as uh, the two of the Midwest powers before them doing it. But I still think it's significant enough to say, hey, you know what? Uh, I think it's it's the dominoes are still going to continue. In all reality, I see zero SEC teams doing this because SEC teams just don't care. Uh, I do think at some point in time, some Pac-12 school is going to do it. Uh, I w- my, my guess would be uh, that it's going to be Stanford. If there's going to be a school in that conference that's going to be uh, an early one, it's Stanford. But uh, nevertheless, Tulane becomes the third school following Notre Dame and Northwestern in opting out of EA Sports reiteration of NCAA college football. Before we get into the scores and the action from this weekend, let's update some off-the-court things. Unfortunately for Indiana, they are losing their second leading scorer in Armand Franklin for the year. Uh, Franklin has suffered a right foot injury, and this is a big blow because the Hoosiers were knocking on the door of potentially grabbing a NCAA tournament spot. And yeah, Trace Jackson Davis is a phenomenal player. He's really one of the best in the Big Ten, but he can't do it all. He needs help. And Franklin wants his help. And unfortunately for the Hoosiers, Franklin will be done for the season. Another guy that's teetering on being finished for the year is Foster Lawyer for Michigan State. Their point guard has been sitting out the last few games due to a shoulder injury. There is potential there that Lawyer could miss the rest of the year if he has to go under the knife. The decision has yet to be made, but... They are leading towards the potential of Lawyer missing the rest of the season as Michigan State makes their push to try and make the NCAA tournament. 
They haven't missed it since 1977. And in just a moment, we'll update whether or not they're trending in the right direction after this weekend. A couple more things before, actually just one more thing, uh, but it's two players. Uh, Luke Garza and Kofi Coburn, they have been announced as finalists for the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award given nationally to the best center in the country. Should come as no surprise there that those two names are popping up. Those two guys have been absolutely dominant outside the Big Ten, inside the Big Ten, and I think that both of them are very well deserving of being nominated for that kind of award. All right, it's time to look at what happened on the hardwood this weekend. Friday night, just one game. Purdue traveling to State College to take on Penn State. They took care of business. Hasha Stefanovic had 16 points. Jaden Ivey had 14 as they got a huge 21-point victory, 73 over 52. I think Jaden Ivey is is a phenomenal player. I think he's got a very high ceiling going forward. Uh, The freshman really has played well. Look, he's not going to be Big Ten freshman of the year, and and you can look over at Ann Arbor and say, hey, what the heck, Hunter Dickinson, why are you so good? It it is what it is. But if Jaden Ivey isn't on everybody's first team, all Big Ten freshman team, then I don't know what they've been watching all season long. So Purdue uh, gets another victory, improves to 16-8, and eight, where Penn State falls to 8-3. and three. Penn State, they're, they're not going to make the tournament. And like I said with Indiana, they are just holding on to a very thin rope. Uh, Hosted Michigan this weekend. The Wolverines just continue to absolutely dominate the Big Ten. A 73-57 win for the Wolverines. At this point in time for Michigan, the significance of uh, these games right now, it's not whether or not they're going to get a one seed. It's which one seed are they going to get. Is Gonzaga going to get the one national seed? Is Michigan going to get it? That's really the conversation right now. Gonzaga undefeated, and yeah, the, their conference is, is nothing like the Big Ten. Not even close. The, the the games that they have to play, they're not they're not even on the same par. Michigan continues to be tested, and they passed those tests. Obviously, they they had wins over the past week uh, against um, Iowa and Ohio State, and you can now chalk another W on the win column against Indiana, 73-57. to 57. And then for Indiana on their side of things, man, obviously losing Armand Franklin was big, but losing this game was big also. Uh, they really could have padded their NCAA resume. This loss puts them at 500. They are going to be struggling to get into the tournament. They 100% are a bubble, 100%. The other team that's on the bubble, Inside the Big Ten was Minnesota. At one point in time, Minnesota looked like a shoe-in to make the tournament. They have really played bad basketball recently, and that trend continued this weekend as Nebraska upset Minnesota at home, 78-74. to This one really hurts the Golden Gophers. Uh, this is Nebraska's second Big Ten win. This year, obviously, the, the one before snapped a 
year and a half long losing streak in the Big Ten. And and, and again, you know, Fred Hoiberg's got to be pretty happy with the fact that they, they're starting to get some momentum. They're breaking some streaks. They're getting some W's. And, uh, you know, it's not pretty. Let's be real here. It has not been pretty for Nebraska. But it's progress. It is. And for Minnesota, man, I, I don't know what's going on with them. I have no idea. They need to turn it around very quickly. They need to get it going. Because if they don't, they're going to miss the tournament. They are. Two teams that aren't going to miss the tournament are the Illini and the Badgers. And the Illini went in to the Kohl Center and got a resounding 74-69 to win over the Badgers. And this one, again, I think a win like this, while the Illini are still missing Ayo DeSumo with his broken nose, is nothing but confidence for the team. You go into a top 25 environment that the Badgers bring, you go home to Champaign with a W, without your best player. How about that? A lot of teams would crumble, would crawl into a hole. And you have to give Brad Underwood a lot of credit for being able to make sure that his team was ready, his team could do this. Kofi Coburn was a monster, 19.7 boards. Uh, you had off the bench Andre Curbelo. He shot fantastic, uh, ended up with 17 points and seven boards. He did, pardon me, he did have six turnovers, though. But over on Wisconsin's side, Dimitri Trice was absolutely fantastic, 29 points. Uh, he shot well. It was just, he was really the only one. Uh, Michael Potter did have a good game. Uh, he did end up with 15 points and six boards, but it took 12 shots to do it. He missed uh, a majority of them. And, uh, you know, as a team, when you shoot 35% from the field, and you allow uh, the other team, the opposing team, to shoot over 55% from beyond the arc, that is a losing recipe for them. Massive game for both the Hawkeyes and the Buckeyes on Sunday, and this one went the Hawkeyes' way. The Buckeyes dropped their third game in a row. Third. First, last Sunday, Michigan, midweek, Michigan State, this past Sunday, Iowa. Now the question for the Buckeyes is, is again, it's not whether or not they're going to make the tournament. Uh, going into a week ago, literally a week ago, even after that Michigan loss, you, you probably are looking and saying, all right, Ohio State's probably still getting that one seed. At this point in time, I don't think there's any question whether or not they're going to be in the tournament. I don't think they're getting a one seed. Three straight losses going into March definitely hurts. Uh, Luca Garza, again, you know, the, the guy is just fantastic. Uh, a double-double, uh, great shooting night, 10 of 16, 24 points, 11 boards. And he was the guy. Joe Wieskamp, very strong game as well, uh, 19 points for them. And for the Buckeyes, uh, Kyle Young. Uh, Kyle Young has missed the last few games uh, due to a concussion he suffered late against Michigan, and he's a glue guy. He really is. 
And he came back in this game, but I, I'm not sure he was quite ready to come back. He wasn't as effective as he normally was. Uh, just three points, uh, five boards, one of four shooting. And they just couldn't get it going, the Buckeyes did. Uh, you know, Dwayne Washington, who has been phenomenal this year, uh, was off uh, and off in a big way. Uh, they barely got any scoring from the bench uh, in total 10 points from the bench. That's very uncharacteristic of this Buckeye team. They've been very deep. Uh, they've been averaging in the 80s for the for the majority of the year. They're, they're one of the highest scoring teams in the country. And uh, they've, they've definitely struggled. And they struggled again on Sunday. The other game on Sunday was a big one for Michigan State. Coming off of a win back-to-back top five wins, one over the Illini, the other one over the Buckeyes. Going into Maryland, they probably thought, well, this one should be easier than our last two games. We should just kind of cruise. All the Terrapins didn't think that that was the case. Their bid for an NCAA tournament just got stronger, a 73-55 to win over Michigan State, a resounding win. Eric Ayala ended up with 24 points. And uh, they, they really just, they held it wire to wire. Uh, you know, they the, the Spartans struggled. They really did. And you know, going into this week, the Big Ten looks like they could get a lot of teams in the tournament. They do. Um, when you look at the top, you know, Michigan's a lock, Illinois's a lock, Iowa's a lock, Purdue's a lock, Ohio State's a lock, Wisconsin's a lock. And then you get to Maryland. A 15 and 10, yeah, I think they're right. Rutgers, 13 and 9, 500 in, in conference. I'd lean toward yes right now. The question is Michigan State, are they going to make it? Indiana, are they going to make it? Minnesota, trending in the wrong direction. Those three teams, Michigan State, Indiana, and Minnesota, those are the three schools that we don't know. Those are the ones that are up in the air. Those are the ones, in my estimation, they are going to be very, very tough. Oh, I forgot to mention that uh, Jordan Bohannon uh, in that Iowa game against Ohio State, he became the all-time leading Iowa assist leader. So congratulations to Jordan Bohannon. That's a career award. That means that he has been fantastic throughout his entire time in Iowa City. Very impressive stat right there. Well, that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Uh, once again, I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chet. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Raiders Reviews and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Monday, Big Ten fans. Happy March. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.